I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. Today, as ever, I am joined by my co-host Joe, and we are both thrilled to be in the company of a former guest of ours. He's actually only the second person, I believe, to have made two appearances on the podcast, so you know that we really like him. Of course, I'm talking about Ante Kvartic from CroatianSports.com. We are approaching this awesome Europa League tie between Tottenham Hotspur and Dinamo Zagreb. My co-host Joe is the resident Spurs fan. Ante is definitely not a Zagreb fan. He supports their rivals, Hajduk, but he's going to be the Zagreb expert today. Ante, welcome back. How have you been? Been great place, but thanks for having me back, uh, Joe and Kai. And um, you know, I had a great time with you guys last time. And and you know, I, I I posted everything on our website and our Facebook. And you know, the Croatian the Croatian lads are hard guys to impress, but they really they really liked you guys. And you know, two English guys, so that's that's a lot coming from them. But you know, just just like Croatia said to England at the at the World Cup in 2008, it's going to be hard to get rid of me, boys. It's going to be hard to get rid of me. So I think this is fate that Dinamo got got paired with uh, with Spurs in a round of 16. So I'm back. Well, we're very privileged to have the seal of approval from the Croatian sports community, and we definitely are not looking to get rid of Ante anytime soon because we're going to be planning to actually do some post game recaps with him after the two legs so Ante is going to become the first person in United Mates football podcast history to appear three times on the show when we do the first match recap Joe is on the other side of things being a Spurs fan how have you been I'm good thanks Kai I've actually I just watched a very boring football game there it was Villa Wolves actually maybe that's unfair it was nil nil but um, no I'm good it's the weekend I've got a nice I guess for the YouTube listeners nice IPA here Hey, Joe, I got an IPA as well. Oh, uh, there we go. You know, great there we go. Kai, what do you got? I have a uh, <laughs> oh, white claw God. and I won't. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> I wasn't trying to flex me. with that until you asked me. I, I, I was trying to hide it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's, you know it's, a, it's a Saturday night. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Saturday night, London. All is well. Um, and obviously, Ante, you kind of. You kind of know how we do things already, but we always we always like to ask our guests a icebreaker question. So we've got another one for you um, right now. And we 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 had a look into obviously Zagreb, as it's the place where Dinamo play, and we know that it's the home to the Museum of Broken Relationships, which essentially features sentimental objects from past relationships and like stories of their significance. Quite a quirky museum, obviously, but on the note of melancholy things and just yeah, melancholic memories, what we want to know is what is something that you hate that you love so basically what's something that you really like that you're not proud of liking which is funny in, in croatia that that museum of broken relationships is in croatia because 
Croatians stay together once they get married 90% of the time. The divorce rate is, is incredibly low compared to the rest of the world. So that's that's what's funny about it. But I know the dating world's a little bit different. Um, something that I that I hate to love personally, my competitiveness gets me in trouble a lot. And and I love and I love to love it 90% of the time, but the 10% of the time it really screws me because I'll put money on anything, whether it's a game night or we're playing video games. We might have a friendly wager for Dinamo. And, and Spurs, we'll get to that in a second. But an example is me and my roommate a year ago, we're playing basketball, we're at the gym playing one-on-one. -on -one. I end up going so hard, I tear my Achilles completely. I'm out, I'm out for a year, basically. So that's, that's where my competitive gets me in trouble. But other than that, no complaints. <laughs> God, well, yeah, that is, that does sound pretty painful. But, you know, competitiveness is important, of course. But um, Kaitel... What, what what about you? What's something that you really like that you're not proud that you like, apart from Arsenal, of course, which I'm sure you're not proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud to be a Gooner. You can see all my all my scars behind me. Otherwise, just first off, the competitiveness is not anything unfamiliar. I can remember Joe and I getting into some heated games of FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer a back lot, in the day. A lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nearly coming to blows and whatnot. Boys but... Exactly. You know, you know, you got it. Those those were the good old days. Um, but something that I, I guess, hate to love is ice cream. I love to love ice cream. I just hate the fact that I can't consume it in anything less than a pint. That's like my standard serving. And there's kind of a story to that. I used to work at an ice cream shop. So I was just having all this amazing ice cream, as much of it as I could eat, as much as I wanted. And one night I fell asleep eating ice cream in bed and I woke up and the bed was wet. And I'm like, Kai, you're, you know, you're in your twenties, you know, what are you doing? You don't have any business wet in the bed. And I look down and it's like stained pink because it was strawberry ice cream. And I'm just wake up in this pool of melted ice cream. <laughs> so sometimes my, I guess my eyes in that case were bigger than my stomach. Couldn't finish the pint. And that came back to, to haunt me. But Joe, what about you? What do you love, but you're not too proud of it? Uh, I mean, I, I'd say on the whole, I have a good music taste, but you know, I'm, I'm also partial to some pretty awful pop music that I quite like, which if I'm, you know, if I, if I'm on my own, my flat, I might, you know, whack on, I'm not going to reveal with some of the, some of the music, but you know, I, I do like a nice cheesy pop tune. So I'd probably have to say some of my questionable music tastes are probably something that I'm not proud of, but deep down, I love it. So yeah, that, that that's kind of where I'm at with that. Kai, it's Spice Girls, 100%. It's okay, oh. just say it. They're Brits, it's fine. It was a thing, it was a bad. Just go for it, it's fine. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they, you know, you, you can't be not proud of the Spice Girls. They're, no, they're, I would still blast some Spice Girls if I if I could. Yeah, no, that's a, they're a timeless group. I think I even used to live around the corner from one of them back in England, but that's that's very much besides, besides the point. Um, moving on to some football. Obviously, we mentioned that there's one fixture or two legs of a fixture in particular that we're going to be focusing on uh, today and over the next couple of weeks and that's Zagreb versus Spurs so Ante I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about some context for Zagreb coming into this fixture we'll get on to kind of their European campaign in a bit but in terms of Croatian domestic football they're top of the pile at the moment but these teams and I'm probably going to butcher their names Osijek and Gorica have been pushing them pretty close yeah to my knowledge your team Hajduk would be kind of the second team historically in Croatia maybe not recently but is this a surprise how close the top of the pile is in Croatia currently? And kind of, do you think that perhaps Zagreb would be further ahead if they hadn't had to extend themselves so much already in Europe? Yeah, they, they, they should be further ahead, but they're kind of just trucking, trucking along this season. Um, Osijek has a really good team and then they've, they've done what they've had to do in, uh, in, 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 in the Prva HNL as we call it. 
Um, Gorica is kind of a team that came out of nowhere. That really should be Rijeka, who actually won the league back in 2017. Am I worried about Dinamo? No, they're going to win the league. They're going to turn it on, you know, right after Europa League, whenever that ends, um, and, and win the league. So check out this stat. This is how dominant Dinamo has been. They have won every single Croatian league title since 2006, except for one in 2017. They basically won the league 14 years in a row. They got pipped by Rijeka three years ago with a very good uh, Rijeka team. Um, and with the coach of that team is now coaching the Slovenian uh, national team. But Dinamo is going to turn on the Jets at the end. It's not going to be an issue. They're not worried about the league. You know, they're only worried about one team right now. And it's your Tottenham Hotspur. They should be worried. They should be worried. But um, Anse, let's talk about Dinamo Zagreb's group stage, kind of what what led them to this point where they're playing Spurs. Obviously, they just knocked out Krasnodar as well. But um, they were in a strong group with, you know, CSK and Feyenoord, but they only conceded one goal, which obviously suggests they have a very strong defence at present. What... Um, what what would you say are the key strengths of the Dinamo team? And, and yeah, why have they been doing so well in the Europa League this season? Um, I think, I mean, they, they they've always had a strong academy. We talked about that. They have some of some of the greatest teenagers in Europe. We'll talk about you know Joško Gvardiol in a second, who's 19 years old and just got bought by you know RB Leipzig. He's going to be going there after the summer. And Leeds United actually put a, a huge, I think, 20 million quid. Um, offer for him and he, you know he's not he's a teenager going to the Bundesliga I think there's a cohesiveness with this team um, also two years ago Dinamo got to this exact same point in the round of 16 at, at, at Europa League which is the first time a Croatian team ever played into the new year in European competition um, this century so and they lost to Benfica in extra time and Benfica is a decent you know Portuguese side I think there's a cohesiveness I think you know when you have your you know, you had your Danny Olmo two years ago, who was our star player. He went to Leipzig. You have Guardiol. You have Petkovic right now. Um, you have Orsic. Um, you know, you have all these guys that have really played together a long time, and they haven't left the, the Croatian league. Um, and, you know, they always have they always have the Croatian league under their, their fingertips. They never have to worry about that. So when they really get to focus on Europe and, and the right tactics and whatnot, you know, they're able to do that in, in, in Europe. But that's amazing that they only gave up, they only conceded one goal in group stage. And it was in the last half of the group, the last half of the last game of the group stage. And they gave it up to Kristic, who's a Croatian on CSK Moscow. I mean, not, it, no one has ever went, uh, had six clean sheets in group stage, Champions League or Europa League. I mean, that was amazing. But they kind of just bunkered down. Um, I thought CSK was going to top the group easily. And they kind of just fell apart. Um, yeah. They, and, and um, you know, Wolfsburger, I've never even heard of Wolfsburger before, but they put up a fight. But I think, you know, there's always this debate on Croatian sports that Dinamo can qualify for Champions League group stage and kind of just get pummeled by, by in all six games, or do they belong in Europa League where they can be competitive? And I've always said, let them play in Europa League. That's where they belong. And now they're doing it. But we got some great players on there. Uh, uh, Livakovic is our national goalkeeper right now, and he's a Jekyll and Hyde. Um, Vardiol, I just mentioned. Petkovic. Orsic, I mean, Dinamo has, you know, we talked about this last time. They have a great academy, and this is what they're showing with, with their academy with all these great players. So um, I didn't think the group stage draw uh, for, for Europa League was that great. I thought there was tougher groups out there. And it shows with Krasnodar, they got, you know, by Chelsea and Sevilla, they got crushed by both of them. So I didn't really rate them that highly anyways. 
Yes, that's true. Perhaps Krasner, given that, I mean, like like you said, given that this Zagreb team have played together for a while and there's a cohesive unit there and there's some, you know, quite special young players in there, perhaps it's not the biggest surprise that they beat them. But kind of looking at more specifically at that match, um, what what was it that Zagreb did over the two legs to to win? Was it was it just the fact that they were a superior side, or were there any players in particular over those two legs that really shone and kind of got the victory for for Zagreb on that occasion? I mean, I I, I think honestly on paper Dinamo is just a better team, but if you saw one of Bruno Petkovic's goals, he's 26 years old. He's been capped by Croatia 13 times already in the last two years. He has six goals for us. He's trying to fight for that that lone striker spot, but, you know, that's Andre Kramaric at the Poffenheim who scored the winner for them today. Um, he went into this goal and got a little header into the goal, but got completely clocked by the, by the Krasnodar goalie in the knee. And it's like, when you have guys that are going to go, I'm going to give you 150%. I'm going to, I'm going to bleed and die for my teammates. And you have that mentality on the pitch. I mean, you're going to win. You're going to win a game eight out of 10 times just based on, on that. But I think they were just hungry. They played their tactics. And um, and they just kind of outmuscled that that Krasnodar in our t- team because we have some big boys on our team that can uh, facilitate the game defensively. Yeah, well, you always expect with a Croatian side that the the application is going to be there 110. percent You know that you, that's that's almost the minimum you expect from a, a, a team from Croatia. But um, we've spoken a bit about Zagreb, and uh, you know it's it's very interesting to hear about them. But then it's time, I think. It's time to talk about Tottenham, the mighty Spurs, um, the best team in North London. Maybe Kaito won't agree. But um, essentially, the question I have for you is, look, I Croatia holds a special place in my heart and many Tottenham fans' hearts because we had Luka Modric, we had Nico Cranshaw, actually a guy that I particularly liked um, was Vedran Troluka, actually. I used to love watching him play in the defence. But um, what... What do um what is like the general feeling for Croatian fans about Tottenham? Obviously, the the, the Kropnum Hotspur days are sort of they they they've been passed now. But is there still do, do Croatian fans on the whole still have a soft spot for Spurs, or has has that time kind of moved on now? We do have a soft spot when conversation is brought up. We love to talk about Modric and the Krotnam Hotspur days. Our 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 act our our current Croatians t- tuning into Spurs games to watch them now no I would say you know that was it was almost a decade ago um, but but to have three three and a half when Pletikosa came he didn't really do anything for for the Spurs but to have three Croatian internationals to play on the same club team you know usually you'll get one you know always one you usually get two and it, and it's cute and whatnot but to have three and to make such an impact in London in a true, you know, global universal city for Spurs who were coming up to get Spurs into Champions League for the first time in, in you know, in forever, um, you know, under Redknapp, who everyone loves Redknapp. And when we've talked about that, um, you know, there, there's, there was a charm to it. But, I mean, Luka Modric just came out with uh, an autobiography um, about two years ago. And, you know, he mentions... Crottenham Hotspur, and he actually named it, you know, in the autobiography. So, you know, I remember getting pinged from all my Croatian mates from all across the land going, oh my God, he said Crottenham, he said Crottenham in the book. So is it a soft spot? It, will we, will Croatians ever get that ever again? You know, three Croatians at the same club? No. So it is magical. Do we follow them, you know, like we did 10 years ago? No, but, you know, I, I wanted Perisic to go there because I know Mo wanted him, um, you know, and I hope 
you know, and I, and I hope another Croatian can go there because, you know, it's just fun because they're not, they're not a city with their money. They're not a United with, you know, or Liverpool with all their trophies. So I'm, I'm, I'm an underdog guy. I'm Croatian. I've always been an underdog guy and I feel Spurs are that premiership underdog team. It's like, can we get a trophy soon, please? Can we? I hope not. Uh, personally, but um, sticking with uh, with Spurs, I guess Arsenal. We've had our Croatians. We had uh, Davor Suker, Eduardo. I don't know if it would be uh, what Crotsenol or Ar- Arsenasia or something. I don't. I think Arsenasia. it sounds it sounds better with uh, with Crotnum. Yeah, I don't think that's a good that's idea. A Arsenasia sounds very <laughs> doesn't sound good, does it? Well, I guess that sounds that sounds like you like you need some uh, some medicine on on next weekend. Yeah, uh, like an ointment or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we, we spoke about the general Croatian population's kind of perspective on Spurs. Moving on to the Zagreb unit's perspective on this current Spurs side, in particular, obviously managed by Mourinho. The Croatian national side that did so well in the World Cup, I would say, didn't really show any fear or too much respect to any of the big names that they overcame or came up against. Is it within Croatian football DNA or this specifically more so Zagreb team's DNA to show the opposition respect? Will they play a very defensive game and try to sucker punch Spurs? How do you see that going? Historically, both as Croatian people and Croatian footy goes, it's we play our best games with our backs against the wall, you know, behind the biggest puncher. So, you know, we we beat Germany in 98. We beat um, you know, we beat Germany again in, in Euro 2008. We beat Spain in, you know, 2016, you know, Argentina, England. Like, we've, we've gone with the big boys. There's a mentality that we'll show up to the occasion with the big boys and not scare and not, not get scared. Um, I think Dinamo knows they're playing with house money right now. I think this is, this is a team that's, that's always capable of making it to the round of 16. Anything after that is a complete bonus, especially when you have to go through a, a premiership side that's in the top 10 of the, the, the premiership. Um, I think my rule in, in first legs, it's always going to go under. I think it's going to be a one-nil game either way. You know, it's more defensive. Um, you know, historically, first legs are always low scoring. Um, I know they moved the the tie back to London. Uh, you know, London London was supposed to be the second leg, but because um, they're given they're given uh, the right of way to to your uh, Arsenal tie because you can't have two two teams in the same city playing the same night. Typical. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, that might for them. I'm just interested, Dinamo is going to be focused on this game. This is huge, not just for the team, but there's so many players that can up their value 50%, 100% with a good showing because now the whole world's watching. All these premiership clubs with deep pockets go, hey, you had a good showing against a premiership team. I want to sign you. That's how, that's how Arsenal got Eduardo because Dinamo played Eduardo in, in, in qualifying that year. Um, so – even even if 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 you know if the first leg is four nil Spurs, you're you're gonna bet your ass off that these players individually are gonna show up, um, you know, in the second leg. But they're play, they're gonna play without fear. You walk into a casino with house money, let it roll, baby, let it roll. And that's why I'd be scared if I'm Tottenham because I don't know. I didn't like you guys against Fulham. It really should have been one one VAR. Um, you have Dinamo, you have Arsenal in the North London Derby, and then you have to go to Zagreb, which you know historically English teams have never played well in, in Eastern Europe, even though Croatia is not technically Eastern Europe, but you know, the Eastern Bloc. So anything can happen, anything can happen. All right, Joe, so I have a question for you regarding Tottenham. Do you think this team, this Jose Mourinho Tottenham Hotspur team has the ability 
to win Europa League because they have to to get into Champions League? It's a good question, Ante. And I feel, I, you know, I've had a few beers tonight, so maybe my answer is, is clouded in that. But yeah, <laughs> cheers, exactly. But yeah, no, my, my answer would be yes. I do think we have what it takes to win the Europa League um, for, a, I guess, a few reasons. I mean, one, and it, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe not the best argument at the moment, but we have Jose Mourinho as our manager. And I still think in a competition like the Europa League, that can't be underestimated. This is a guy that has won the Europa League twice. He's obviously won the Champions League a couple of times too. And he knows ultimately in the, what, what you have to do to win these competitions. So I think we still have to look at that with positivity as Spurs fans and trust in the guy to still, you know, you know, get, get one final trophy. The other reason why I think we have a good chance is and I'm probably going over the top. It's Gareth Bale, because I think for Dinamo, you're playing Spurs at a poor time. It's, a, it's an unfortunate time for Dinamo, because I agree with you, we weren't that good against Fulham, and they sh- and yeah, we got very lucky with VAR, and it should have been one all. But the thing that's happened since we played Wolfsburg, we were, we were doing pretty poorly in the league, but we got Wolfsburg in the Europa League, and it seemed to... Reawake, it's awoken Gareth Bale. He was brilliant in both legs. He he started to look like the guy he used to be. And I completely accept Wolfsberger and not a you top needed team. you needed an Austrian team. You needed an Austrian team to wake up uh, Gareth Bale. Oh my god, he just came from Real Madrid. Yeah, I know, I know, and it sounds absolutely insane, and it probably is, but that <laughs> have you ever heard of Wolf, Wolf have you ever heard of Wolfsberger before this campaign? No, no, of course not. Of course not. I mean, I don't, I I honestly, I don't think any Tottenham fan had, but nevertheless, he was brilliant in both those games. And actually another person who, especially in the second leg, had a fantastic game was Deli Alley. He started against Fulham and I know it was an own goal, but he, he contributed and played well. Weirdly, it, it came at the perfect time for Spurs that leg, those, that um, Wolfsburger tied because we weren't doing well in the league and it, they yes they were a poor side but it's given the team a chance to regain some confidence and then obviously we beat Burnley 4-0 and I know that we weren't good against Fulham but we've ultimately still got a win and I think the thing that Zagreb will have to worry about is it look you know it sounds like from what you're saying Ante they've got a good defense but to some extent it doesn't matter if you've got a good defense when you're coming up against probably Harry Kane, Son Heung-min, Gareth Bale and Deli Ali. It is and then that's not even to mention Tangi and Dombele. I think all five of them will start on Thursday night. I I I think that we it's going to be tough as Zagreb, but going going f- further forward to can Spurs win the Europa League? Yes, I think we can because we've got the manager that's won it and we've got so many quality players. Not that- can they, not can they, will they? Will they? Yes, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We will. Because like he said, like, I'll tell you why. Because we need Champions League next season. There's no, there's no way about it. We've got, a new, we've got a new stadium. There's been a pandemic, so we've lost a lot of money. And if I'm being honest, I know that there's a slight chance we could get top four. I think top four is going to be very challenging for Tottenham. So when you, when you take away top four, the only option we have for Champions League next year is winning the Europa League. And then you add on to the fact as well that we haven't won a trophy in forever. It is, it's vital for the fans' point of view that we win a trophy like that, but it's also vital for the long-term future of the club. So I think we have no choice, Ante, but to win the Europa League. And I'm willing to 
go with Jose and just yeah, see if he can he can do it for us. Yeah, why not? We're gonna win it. Come on. <laughs> you know what would be great? You know what would be great? A, a Spurs Spurs Arsenal Europa League final again. Oh, we, you just did be... it with Chelsea. You just did it with Chelsea. Got to. Uh, that would the be podcast the podcast is over. The friend the friendship is over. Yeah, no, I think Kai and I can both agree that would be the most stressful um, scenario. Yeah, Chelsea, it would Chelsea be, was bad enough. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. in because like yeah, I yeah, we both have friends from the other. Yeah, it would it would be if it's obviously if you win it, it's yeah. the, it's the best thing ever. If you lose it. Yeah, I, Kai's lucky he's in LA. I think he'd have to go into hiding for a bit if um, if yeah. he lost that one. Look, the advantage the advantage Spurs have is that AC Milan and United don't need Europa League. They're just extra games, basically, because they're going to qualify for Champions League. Do they really care about a Europa League trophy? No, get out of here. But to get into Champions League, that is such an influx and injection of money for the club outside of playing in, in Champions League. It's I always felt that once you get to this point, a big club in the top four um, leagues in Europe, once you get to this point and you're fifth through seventh on your league table, you've got to go for it because you're so close. You're only, what, six to eight games away. So, yeah. I mean, you, you go for it. This is my dream. This is what I want to ask you guys on, on, on a complete sidebar. My dream is not to have the Europa League champion go straight to Champions League. It's all four semifinalists go directly to Champions League. How much more fun would that make the Europa League tournament. It would certainly provide an, an even added incentive um, to a competition that admittedly is a, it's an interesting, it as in it would certainly add an extra incentive. Um, as an Arsenal but, fan, I'd love it because that means we could actually maybe get into the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for, for Tottenham jo as well. Joe and Kai, Joe and Kai, you'll never get a text from me going, hey guys, Pints, it's Europa League Thursday. Come right. on, let's go out for Pints. You'll never get that text from me ever in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. You know, you know, it would it would spruce up the Europa League for sure. But yeah, going going back to Tottenham, like we we really we we don't just need it for like the sort of financial future of the club. We need it for our sanity because we haven't won something in so long. What better time to win the Europa League than now? Um, and we've got the players. Well, we've let got, me ask we've got you this. No, you have the stack, but it's all co cohesiveness. I, I watched the Amazon documentary when Mo came in um, um, uh, from Pochettino to to um, to Mo. And the pandemic and all that, and you forget that these guys, these are these are players making millions of dollars, playing on the world stage with huge egos, and you need a manager to to manage them egos, not the play. They're all good, but how do you get them all on the same page? My question to you is because new stadium, lots of money, Daniel Levy. If they go out of Europa League early, they should lose. I'm not saying they will. They should lose to Man City. In the, I still call it the Carling Cup, by the way. It's a better name than the Carabao Cup. Agreed. I don't even know what Carabao is. What is that? <laughs> Red Bull of, of, I don't even know what that is. If, if, Spurs finish, if Spurs finish sixth, don't win Europa, don't win a trophy, are you scared that Levy sacks Mourinho? I well, think it would. I think I want to jump in really quickly, actually, because I want to, I want to pose that question slightly, slightly differently um, in just a moment. But I think that kind of talking about high stakes, that's a good place to take it because Joe, had, you know, we both, we've all been talking about the high stakes for Spurs before we jump back to what essentially you were asking Ante, I want to ask you about the stakes for Zagreb in this tie. Seemingly like we've already kind of mentioned, the stakes might be higher for Spurs or at the very least the expectations are higher. You've already said that Zagreb aren't just going to roll over, you know, put up a good fight and be happy with that. They want to win this game. So my question to you would be if they looking at it from both sides, 
what are the consequences if they go out? And conversely, if they manage to win this game and go through, seemingly put more players in the shop window, potentially have the squad somewhat dismantled at the end of the season, could it be kind of a double-edged sword for them, this success? Could it ultimately see them lose their best players? Or are you confident that even if that were to happen, with their history of rebuilding, everything's just going to be fine? All, all Dinamo does is rebuild, and it's amazing. I wish Haidu could rebuild that quickly because they sell all their players you know, in their, in, when they're teenagers for pennies on the dollar, what Dinamo sells them for. I mean, Dinamo has a, has a great business structure. Um, consequences, zero consequences. On paper, Spurs should win this. Let's be honest there. They should cruise. They should, they should be done with this tie after the first leg. However, we don't play this game on, on paper. We play it on the pitch. Um, no consequences. This is where this, this team should be. Everything after this is a bonus. I mean, if there's any pressure here, the pressure's on Spurs. You know, you're playing, you're playing the, you're playing a team from the, the 20th best league in Europe, and you arguably are playing in the best league in, in Europe. So no consequences there. But I just want to go back to four players really quick. We already talked about Vardiol, who's going to RB Leipzig. Boom, cashed in. He's going to be great there. Uh, Libakovic is our national keeper right now, but he's a Jekyll and Hyde. If he has a good performance, I mean, I've seen, I've seen English teams just pick up anyone and throw 10 million quid at them just for having 20 good minutes of play. I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are, you guys are a bank there in England. You're just shelling out money. So if he has a good game or saves a penalty or something, he needs to leave because he's going to lose his spot with Croatia the way he's been playing. Um, Orsic is, is 28 years old. He, he, he still has four solid years. And he's been playing lights out. And then I mentioned Bruno Petkovic, who has 13 casts for Croatia in the past two years. He's our number two striker right now, technically. I mean, I need him to go to a top four league. So, I mean, you know, he can go play for, you know, Wolves or he can go play for, you know, Southampton or, you know, lower ring club like that. But they're playing with house, house money, both individually, but Dinamo as a whole. Don't worry about the rebuilding, guys. Don't you worry about that. We've been rebuilding for 20 years. We, Dinamo. It's like we just, it was like a, just, we, we're just rotating, rotating, Man, rotating. Yeah. So it's like we're on the world stage right now. And, you know, all the pressure's on Tottenham because you need, you need this badly right now. Well, back to the question that I interrupted you from posing to, to Joe about, I guess, yeah, the uh, what's on the line for them. You were, you were getting towards, you know, if Spurs don't win the Europa League, don't win the Car the Carlin Cup. I'll call it the Carlin Cup too for solidarity. Because, um, yeah, Carabao, what's that? Um, but, uh, you know, if all, the, all of the above don't get top four, would Mourinho's job be on the line? I think more pressingly, my question is for, for Joe, if Spurs get knocked out of the Europa League by Zagreb, will Mourinho get the sack? I think the answer I'd say is no, because I think... The Premier League season is so wild at the moment and so unpredictable. I don't think we can sack Mourinho before the end of the season because there is still a chance if he put a run together in the league. But whilst deep down, I, I, I don't think we'll do it. I think there is st there's still a, like a realistic possibility we could do it. A lot of things have to come together. We have to cut out a lot of mistakes. We have to hope that Bale, Son and Kane do their thing. But it's still possible. Um I think the different question is, yeah, at the end of the season, if 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 Dinamo knock us out, well, even not if Dinamo knock us out, if we don't win the Europa League and we don't get top four, I don't think it matters about the the, the Carling Cup. Well, I'll call it that too because we actually won it when it was the Carling Cup, so I have good memories of the Carling Cup. Um, but yeah, I don't think the Carling Cup would save Mourinho. I think he he's only staying at the. Club. This is my question. This is my question to you, Joe. Is 
we're, 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 we're sports supporters, we're sports fans, we're footy guys. Everyone can pose a million problems. That's all we do. Got to do this. He didn't strike. I want to know your solution. I want you to be Daniel Levy right now. And I want to say, oh, we got knocked out of Europa. We didn't, we finished outside of the top four. We have to sack Mourinho. I don't care what the problem is. What's the solution? Who would you hire for the next year or two years? The answer is there's no one better than Mourinho. Well, there's, there's one guy who I'd argue might be, but I'd also argue in this scenario, he wouldn't come to us because I, I don't... Um, Ju- so Julian Nagelsmann, to me, is the solution to the problem we currently have. He So look, let's look at Mourinho right now. The problem- I thought you were going to say Frank Lampard for a second. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I'd have, to, I'd have to be... Yeah, if, if Frank Lampard ever came to Tottenham, I'd genuinely consider not supporting Spurs. <laughs> but um, but no, the, look, the problem Spurs fans have with Mourinho at the moment is his style of play, ultimately. It's quite negative and it, people can accept that if you're winning. Look, we're not stupid enough Spurs. We don't win that often, sadly. We've had good teams, but we don't win. If Mourinho's winning, no one's going to care if we're playing negative football. But obviously, in the times when we're having bad form, there's going to be a lot of criticism for him because naturally Spurs fans don't like Jose's. Um, so in a scenario... Naturally, it, human beings don't like Jose. Yeah, that is that as well. That is that as well. Uh, but, um, until, until, you're lifting, until you're lifting cups on a bus. Yeah, exactly. Going to North London on a bus, then no one cares. Exactly. No, I, I agree with you. And even now, like whilst I naturally am not a Mourinho guy, I am trying everything to kind of get behind the guy because... Obviously, as a Spurs fan, I want him to succeed. But again, the guy I'd say, if, you, if you're making me Daniel Levy and you want me to solve this problem, the, the, the solution to this problem is Nagelsmann. One, he, he, firstly, I said Mourinho doesn't play attractive football. He does play brilliant football and he's got that modern viewpoint. He's a, you know, he, he has a way of getting players who haven't played at a top club yet to flourish. Leipzig are a bit like Tottenham in the, not in the, their history, but in the sense that they're not an elite team. They're just a bit below and he's able to bring the best out of them. So a bit like Pochettino at Spurs did a great job. I think he'd be brilliant. The problem I have is if we don't get top four, I think Nagelsmann will either stay at Leipzig or go to someone a bit better because I think that He's on the shopping list for a lot of clubs. But yeah, if he wanted me to give my solution, hopefully the solution is Mourinho wins the Europa League and he, he stays and we're all happy. But no, sure. do you understand our, 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 our Spurs fans, our, our Spurs supporters uh, uh, already antsy with Mourinho? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, ante Spurs fans. I'd say on the majority of Spurs fans or certainly He's even been there a year. He's been there for one year. Oh, that's like saying you, you, you went out on two dates and one of the dates was, eh, hold on, go on a couple more dates. Hold on. During a pandemic, the fans, the, the supporters haven't even been able to go to the stadium to give them love after a three game winning streak. What tell me answer this, please answer this. Why, why do the English supporters have such a, a, a short fuse for a string of bad results. You lose three games in a row and it's the end of the world. The league's over. We're getting relegated. Why Why do you get in panic mode so quickly? Why? What is it? I think it, you know, it's partly driven by the narrative in the media, online, obviously. The people that shout the loudest tend to be the people that have the most controversial opinions and people kind of take that on board. I agree with you. Look, you need to give these people time, but the reality is in modern football, it top clubs, managers don't, they 
they don't get time. I um, I also think with Spurs, generally he wasn't after having Pochettino, who is widely considered to you know everyone loves the guy, to then replace him with Mourinho didn't sit well with a lot of people. My my personal view is I don't like the guy, but I still think he could bring a lot of value to Tottenham. And actually, our our season, whilst it's not been amazing, where we still sit in a position where we could. You don't like the guy. He got you to a Champions League final. Oh, no, no, Pochettino, I love. No, 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 Pochettino, I absolutely love. Mourinho. Oh, okay, oh, okay. No, 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 I sorry, yeah. I don't like Pochettino, no, no, I don't. and I'm like... No, 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 no. I, I, I love Pochettino. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the reality... like Mo. Yeah, the reality of Pochettino, he's gone You know what now. you love to hate? Back to that first question of what you love to hate. Back to your icebreaker, you Mourinho. love to hate Mourinho. That's your love to hate. I do. That's but, your love to hate is Mourinho. Oh. I do to some extent, but actually, I'd say as Spurs fans go, and maybe, you know, sometimes taking Twitter is like the whole spot. It's, it's Twitter is a very strange place. Um, I'm pretty pro Mourinho, I'd say, compared to a lot of people. I don't, I don't like the gut, like the individual to some extent. I don't, I would rather have a Tottenham manager that plays attractive football, but whereas ultimately, yeah, we got to a Champions League final. It was great. Positive. Where did that get us? At the moment, I'd sell my soul for a Europa League. And that's sort of what Daniel Levy's done by bringing Mourinho in. So we're in, a, we're in a pandemic. Don't sell your soul yet. Look, look, look what City did. City didn't do anything. They got they got the, the Middle Eastern um, investors that brought in a, a trillion, a trillion quid. Would you rather win kind of the old-fashioned way a little bit more of modern football or would you welcome this is what i want to know is uh, both of you arsenal and spurs would you take in an investor right now they gave you a trillion dollars and you just buy you buy you can buy ronaldo and messi tomorrow and you win champions league tomorrow would you take that would that make you happy no no look like i think that you'd rather you'd rather win the old-fashioned way obviously and i yeah look there's a lot of, and then with some of these guys, like a bit like when Newcastle were linked with um, the Saudi Arabian takeover, a lot of Newcastle fans obviously going, look, we want to be the best team, but you know, there's there's some moral dilemmas there. I think, yeah, I'd rather win the way we're doing. We've come close. We've been in a Champions League final. We've come so close. Hold on, but you're not, but you're not winning the way you're not winning anything yet. <laughs> no, exactly, and this is the problem. So what my answer is is, yeah, if some multi-billionaire bought us. I'm probably not going to be unhappy. I'm probably going to embrace it. And if we start winning, great. But yeah, it's not quite the same. It's not, it's not, it wouldn't be the same as winning now. And look, we, we are owned by wealthy people. But yeah, there'd they're definitely be a moral dilemma there. But at the end of the day, I just want to see Spurs win some trophies. So I, I don't care how now. Just win, Spurs. Come on. I just Pers- I need it. Personally speaking, you know, this isn't a show about Arsenal, but... I, I wouldn't take it. You know, if I wanted to win every game and buy the best players and have a billionaire take over my club, I'd play FIFA or I'd play football manager and I'd just do that. The, you know, the beauty of football is the downs as well as the ups, especially as an Arsenal fan. You know, we, we, the, the ups are that much sweeter when we have the downs. Look at the first you know, trophy we won in ages against Hull in the FA Cup final. We were 2-0 down in that final. You know, finally we get to an t- opportunity to win a trophy and we're 2-0 down to Hull. And it's like, and then we turn it around and we win. And that was one, you know, one of my best days ever as an Arsenal supporter. So you got to take the highs with the lows. You're lucky though, Kyron, because Arsenal, especially when we were younger, you, you've, you've actually been quite fortunate that even recently as you've had the highs. Tottenham, we've had the great individual nights and like the amazing memories, but we haven't had those. Um, I, yeah, I guess the one thing I haven't had as a Spurs fan, apart from that lovely day in February in 2008 when Woodgate scored the very scrappy goal and we won the Carling Cup, 
it's the one thing I'm missing at the moment. It's just some glory nights of seeing Spurs lift a trophy. So I think as an Arsenal fan, it's probably easier to be a bit more pure right now. I think right now, I'm if if, if Levy sells the club to some billionaire, I'm not crying my as well. Joe Lewis is a billionaire, but if it's like a Man City style person, I'm not going to be crying my eyes out. But yes, in an ideal world, I'd rather we won it. Maybe yeah, as we're saying it like the more old fashioned way. But it seems Tottenham aren't going to win stuff the old fashioned way. So what can you do? No, the, the right answer. The right answer, boys, was to say everyone's playing dirty. If we don't play dirty, then we're 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 just going to be. A mid-level team. Look at Bayern. Bayern, Bayern bought uh, Lewandowski. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bayern buys uh, Holland tomorrow because that's what they do in, in Germany. The whole league is a feeder club for Bayern Munich, which is almost BS. So the right answer is, give me my billionaire. It's the it's the supporters that support the club, and and let's rock and roll. And Kai, to your point. If Arsenal said we're going to buy Messi tomorrow, you would not say, no, I want to do it the old-fashioned way. You'd say, welcome. You would say, welcome. Thank you for coming. That's what you would say. You wouldn't say, I don't, stop, stop. No, this is, and I don't want to make any too politically charged statements. And if anything, this is the complete opposite of what I believe. But if Arsenal got bought over by, you know, some billionaire, 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 I would be wearing a red baseball cap that said, make Arsenal great again on it. Anyway... <laughs> Like I said, that's uh, pretty much as far from the truth, as far from the truth as, as you'd see me living my day to day life in America, because I don't agree with any red hat politics. But I think sure, sure, before sure. I put my foot any more in my own mouth, let's move on to some actual predictions. I know, Ante, you'd said you're kind of envisaging a close first tie, uh, like a one nil either way, but maybe quickly. Yeah, just before we end, Ante, could I get maybe a prediction, a score prediction for the first tie and then an aggregate prediction? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two ways with this. With my brain, with my my sock, my footy computer brain. Uh, Spurs win two nil first leg, three uh, one on aggregate. With my brain, with my heart, Dinamo shows up. Um, with my heart, Dinamo shows up. Uh, it's a it's a draw. It's a one one draw in London. It's a one one draw in Zagreb. And uh, something funny happens in Zagreb in the penalty box at the end. I don't know who wins, but something funny happens. And, uh, and uh, Spurs fans are very, very much more confused and, uh, and angry at Mourinho. Let's say that. It's, it's going to be an interesting time. I, I don't, I don't, on paper, Spurs win by four goals, no problem. But like I, what, I, what I said earlier, you play on the pitch, not on paper. Um, I think it's going to be much, much closer than I think it's going to be. Well, I mean, as a, I was almost going to say as a neutral, I would take that penalty shootout, but I'm not a neutral because I want Zagreb to win this game. <laughs> so uh, moving on to someone else who isn't a neutral, Joe, in the Spurs camp, what are your predictions? Well, the, the thing I'll say firstly is Gareth Bale is going to, he's going to be a massive influence in these two games. I think he is going to, um, he is ultimately going to be the difference between the two sides. I would anticipate that in the first leg, we win 2-0, 3-0, something like that. I think that is realistic. And I think in the second leg, it's going to be a bit tougher. I could even see something like a 1-all, a 2-all, something like that. Maybe Tottenham not winning. But I, I'm, I am confident we're going to have our strongest 11 out on Thursday night. And we are hopefully going to get the job then. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a very exciting tie. I think it's great that Spurs are, you know, uh, well, you know, Kai, we, the last time Spurs played Zagreb, we were there and Darren Bent of all people scored a hat trick. But I think, I think this is 
an exciting tie for both teams and ultimately Spurs are going to be the guys to go through and hopefully um yeah just keep progressing in our Europa League campaign. Joe, Joe, you're big on you're big on Gareth Bale in this tie. It's like this. It goes it goes Wales, golf, Real Madrid and then Europa League. That's that's his hierarchy for Gareth Bale. Europa, Europa, League, Europa League's right at the top, I'm telling you. You're, you're going to see Thursday night, Ante. Gareth Bale, he always dreamed of winning the Europa League when he was a young lad growing up in Wales. Yeah, you're, I was just going to say, the, he, the guy scores an amazing bicycle kick in the Champions League final, and, and you want him to go to Europa League legend. See, that's why Europa League makes no sense. Anyone, I just, I don't know. I don't know. He, the guy, Champions League legend to Europa League legend. It's just, how do you come up for this game he's good these players in their heads go i played at the top 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 and you want me to, to pick up a thursday night game you better have a first leg you better have a good first leg that's all i'm saying oh i i hope so. but i'm confident we will i i i do think I, I i genuinely do think we will i think um like i said i think this has come at a bad time for zagreb and i think we're we're on the rise but unfortunately that does bring us to the end of today's essentially sort of match preview for um, the, the Tottenham-Zagreb last 16 tie. We will, of course, um, be recording straight after both matches. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. But, um, Ante, well, firstly, Kai, as always, thank you very much for being a great co-host. And Ante, thank you for coming on on again. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I know um, the last time you came on, you you told our listeners kind of, how we can um, all follow you and keep up to date with CroatianSports.com. But again, if you can just quickly let everybody know how they can sort of keep up to date with everything from your end, that would be great. Yep. Website, CroatianSports.com, Twitter, uh, slash Croatian Soccer, Facebook, slash Croatian Soccer. And one more thing. I just played 2024 Europa League quarterfinalist. Let's go. <laughs> we're all we're all Heideck fans, Ante. Don't you worry. Um, great. Okay, Every, everyone, make sure you follow um, the Croatian sports channels, and then of course from our end as well. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're at United Mates FP on all of those. So please give us a follow there, and then we're on YouTube too. So type in the United Mates Football Podcast, and we'll we'll, we'll come up there too if you want to subscribe. That would be great as well. Like I said, keep an eye out for all the content we've got coming up with Ante over the next few weeks. Come on, you Spurs as well. And um, that, that, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you very much and goodbye.